Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another exciting episode here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I've kind of been MIA for a few shows, kind of been like hit and miss. I'll either come on Mondays and not Tuesday because I'm still dealing with some health-related issues, deal with my eyes. So hopefully this will be resolved by next week because this is ridiculous. But today's topic, now we are entering the holiday season as Thanksgiving is in a couple of days. I'm like, wow. Then we got Christmas. We got all these other holidays. Now, there's a lot of things going on in our world. There's a lot of individuals that are going through some things, whether it be financial, whether it be emotional, whether it be mental, whether it has to do with housing, transportation, but today's topic is entitled Helping Others, because there are benefits to helping other individuals, but when does your help seem like it's going in vain? And one of the big questions is, and I'm trying to look at the screen that I wrote this stuff down on, and I indicated when it comes to helping others, it can be, or there can be some benefits. However, when has your help gone too far? Because as a licensed therapist, I work with individuals that have codependency issues, anxiety. Some individuals just do not know how to say no. Or they parents in parental guilt feeling bad about having to tell their kids or their loved ones sometimes, no, I can't do that. Now, we're going to be addressing this topic from a lot of different issues or areas because many people have different perceptions as it relates to what helping others means to them, especially when we're in this season of the year. Now, again, the assistance can vary in, in, in many areas, and many individuals can be family members, they can be friends, they can be coworkers, or they can even be total strangers. So, again, the show is hosted by Jeanette Abney. Hello, Mr. Ed. How are you doing? I'm doing fair, I guess, uh, there, Miss Jeanette. <laughs> well, see, I I kept my word. I did my best. Even though it was only two minutes before the show, I still called. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> so I don't want to hear, Jeanette, you didn't call me, Jeanette. When we talk about help, and today's topic is about helping others, and especially during this time of year. Some individuals may have more to give than others. Some individuals may not have nothing to give but still give. So it could be your time. It could be having patience, which many of us do not have. It could be one to where it could be, it it, it can vary. So when it comes to helping others, Mr. Ed, what are your thoughts in regards to helping others? Um, I I I I like um you know I like the idea of helping others. I mean you know it just you know it, it just depends on you know what's going on, what kind of help you're talking. Got you, and I like that. What kind of help you talking? Because you know sometimes people get phone calls all the time, and people will call you and ask you for things, and and we all have a different perception. Like I said. I, Precious predicaments. Precious was my mother's nickname. I remember how my mother would go to people and ask for stuff she already had. <laughs> I used to be like, really? You know, and sometimes individuals may feel like they're being perhaps taken advantage of, taken for granted, and sometimes trying to balance that out, they don't know how to balance it. My daughter called me a cash cow about a month ago, and I didn't know what that meant. I was like, what the heck is a cash cow? You know, where people just constantly may be coming to you for things or depending on you to do things or wanting to get you to bail them out. But sometimes individuals get caught up in situations that they create. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't lend a helping hand. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't help. But when has your help gone a little bit too far? To where, Joyce, I see you, and I apologize. I haven't had a chance to call you back because, it caught me when I was on my way to a funeral going through the drive through at McDonald's. <laughs> I'm still down the street. But getting back to the show, Mr. Ed, how do you know if your help is gone a little bit too far? Well, when they um I think when it's going too far is when they uh they kind of ex- 
respect mm. more than you, you know, that you uh, intend for them to expect. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, like for instance, if, um, you know, you're, you're you're helping out to an extent, right? And it's just a one-time thing. You saw the idea was a need, so you said, okay, let me go ahead and help them out, right? And then later on, here they come to you knocking on your door talking about, hey, I need this and this and this, as if it's your job to, to get this to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, you, you, that's when I think you're kind of being taken advantage of at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, for one thing, you know, like, you know, you know how it is when you have kids and, you know, kids do that. You know, they're going to, you know, they expect you to do that for them. But when you got mm-hmm. other people, you know, if they're relatives or friends or whoever, you know, they they, they become entitled, you know, and mm-hmm. just expect, you mm-hmm. know. And um, you know, that's when you know you're kind of giving them too much, too much rope. <laughs> you know what? It, it's um. I was talking to someone earlier today because I don't know why I've been so sleepy. I I said I'm seeking refuge. I've been up in the L.A. area ever since I want to say Thursday. I've been seeking refuge. All I've been wanting to do is eat and sleep, eat and sleep, and I haven't ate all day. So I'm gonna be like, am I going in and cook me some breakfast at three o'clock, or am I gonna? Make me some turkey tacos, or am I gonna go to Olive Garden to go get the all you can eat pop? I'm like, what am I? All I want to do is freaking eat and go to sleep. <laughs> Just go to sleep, and I'm enjoying this time. But sometimes we talk about helping others, and I like what you said about this entitlement. Is you see their attitude changes, their attitude, and when the attitude shifts, like, wait a minute. I'm not supposed to do this. This is not. And then individuals start dealing with their own emotional stuff. Like I said, be it a friend, a family member, your own kids, a stranger. You know, do they need it? Did they want it? But sometimes we offer or we'll give things to people. We can offer it. And there's a difference between when a person is offering versus when it is asked of them. Right. How are you with that? Well, as far as um, offering compared to um, being asked, um, it, it like like I said earlier, you know, you you see a need and you decide to you know to help out with it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a little bit different when somebody uh, comes to you and asks. You know, for mm-hmm. you for your help. You know, but once again, it depends on who it is and what it is and to what extent they're you know they, they you know they're asking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking for a post because I saw a post one time, and when I saw it, it was like I was like, wow, this is deep. And when when I looked at it and I understood especially where it was coming from, and um, I was like, wow, this is more of um, not just an entitlement, but when you expect that somebody is going to see your need, hear your cry, and always run to your rescue. But everybody is not going to always run to your rescue because sometimes they're watching you to see what you go do to get out of that especially if you put yourself in it. You know, I had a person, I'll never time, I had a person call me and say, um, Jeanette, I was just calling to ask you if you can loan me some money. I said, well, right now I'm not um, loaning no money. Well, because I spent too much money on the 4th of July, so I just thought maybe I could borrow some money from you to make up for the money I spent on the 4th of July. Oh, that really turned my no into a no. <laughs> I'm like, Really? You know, you done overspent, and I'm supposed to make up the difference for you overspending? <laughs> to me, that was an insult. Like, you don't care about what I got to do. You worried about your own stuff. But you go, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, wow. So here I found the text. It's, I mean, the message. It says, what do you call a person that volunteers to help you without you asking them and refuses to help? when you ask them for help. That's what I'm hearing when I hear you say, I saw a need. 
I saw you were struggling. Mm-hmm. I'm blessing you with this. But I did this out of the kindness of my own heart in that particular situation. Ask the person. You can't demand that a person do something for you because you may not even know their situation. So when I saw that, I was like, ooh, that, that is deep. That is deep. So what do you call a person that volunteers to help you without, you without you asking them and then refuses? Now, I'm not saying the person actually refused, but their perception is now you're refusing when I ask you for help. That's an attitude. Well, well, I, I don't, I don't know if that's really the case because, like I was saying, like, like judging by my own, by me, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said, if I, if I, you know, if I'm helping somebody because I see a need, you know, that's that's from my heart. But I'm not mm-hmm. going to just automatically, you know, just because they ask. Well, I'm not going to do nothing since you ask. I mean, no, that's not how that works, <laughs> you know. But like I said, it depends on, you know, it, it depends on different factors. It depends on the attitude. It depends on, you know, how they come at you, you know. If they come mm-hmm. at you like as if you're, like I said, as if they're entitled, you know, then then it's a different thing, you know. But, you know, if it's like, you know, if, you know, if somebody, you know, as a family member or a, or a friend or, or whatever, and they're in need and I'm in a position to help them, you know, I'll see what's happening. Then, you know, it's also it's not a lot of times. It's not about you know what it is or how much it is or whatever. Sometimes it's the principle of the thing, okay? Mm-hmm. Because you know they might ask for something that you can easily give them, okay? Mm-hmm. But it, but you also got to look at the principle because mm-hmm. they can they can actually um, take it the wrong way if mm-hmm. you give it to them under the wrong. Pretenses. That make any sense? Correct. Right. Yeah, it does. And see, what I was just reading to you was a post that I saw. And when I saw the post, I was like, well, dang, if they volunteer, that's one thing. But if you ask, and you how you feel they refuse it, you know, that's your situation. They can say no. I saw something the other day that said no is a complete sentence. My mother used to tell me no is an answer just like yes. And I would say, I don't like no. I don't like being told no because I've learned and I've seen that people not only come to you when they need something, they come to you when they want something, and their wants and their needs may not even match. They may need it but not want yeah. it. They want it but need it, and they come to you and expect yeah. you to do it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, but you also you know it also depends on how you grew up and you know your environment, how you came up and stuff. Mm-hmm. See, I came up around. I came up around parents that love to say no. <laughs> so I was used to hearing that word, you know. Like these kids like, nowadays, they don't know, they don't know the word no very much. <laughs> you know. So when I was a kid, I was always hearing no. That, that's why I thought for a long time I would, huh? I Well, let me say this. I was the type of kid that I'd be like. Well, you didn't even let me finish my sentence. I didn't even say what I wanted, yet you already said no. <laughs> that type of parent would yeah. not have worked with. <laughs> well, okay, normally, so well, see, my, you know, my, 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 now my mom, she might, she might cut me short sometimes, but my dad, he was the kind, he would listen, he would hear me all the way out. Until I got all the way in, and then he would say, <laughs> no. <laughs> Just like that, you know. I mean, but but you know, I didn't went through all this. I didn't give all this 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 spiel, <laughs> and all he said, no. <laughs> you know, that's why I, you know when I was a kid, I, I I really literally thought that I was you know that we were poor, you know, <laughs> because I would ask for stuff, you know, like you know see you know I, you know see the commercials on TV, you know, and I see stuff at the store, you know, and I'm asking for, you know, the kid like I ain't got no money for that. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm always thinking, you know, I'm thinking we're poor, you know, you know, but I didn't realize until I got older and realized what poor really was, you know, then I realized Correct. I was actually middle class, you know, but, but I Correct. thought I was a poor kid because I didn't have a lot of things that I saw other kids with and I didn't get a lot of stuff. That, even though when I look back, you know, I was, you know, I'm not going to say I was, you know, baller, baller kind of kid, but I didn't have everything. Mm-hmm. 
but I did have my needs met, you know, and I had, you know, a lot of things. I almost had some nice Christmases and birthdays and all that kind of stuff as a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. But then my parents broke up when I was around 11, and things changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you when said, I was little, I'm you said he would wait till I get finished and then say, no, ooh, I would be so mad. <laughs> I would be so mad. Yeah, he, yeah, he's like that. He, he let me go all the way through it. And he'll be looking at me with his, with his hand on his chin like he's going, uh-huh, oh, really? <laughs> oh, oh, okay, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, what? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Mm. <laughs> and then wow. I get all over it, and then he just say, no. No, Come to you, I'm expecting a yes. I'm keeping it simple. It ain't that big of a deal, but you gonna just tell me no? Who are you mad? Okay, so I want to <laughs> give out. But, some, but, some, but sometimes, but sometimes, but the thing about it is, you know, this, parenting is different, though. You know, but because sometimes my, my dad. My dad was was the kind of like this. He would he would tell me no, but sometimes he would surprise me. Like come Christmas time, you know, he'd always have something good for me. My pastor taught me something years ago, as I and he said, delayed does not mean denied. Meaning, if you get it too soon, you might not know what to do with it. You might not appreciate it. And sometimes Mm. that's the thing with helping others is. Sometimes we want people to appreciate things that they're not ready to appreciate. To them, it could look like an old piece of trash or whatever you're doing. They don't realize you're taking a time out, how you are doing this. and they, Some people really don't care. Now, when we talk about the benefits of helping others is, one, helping others feel good. Sometimes it makes you feel good. You know, I, I was talking to my um, – because people have been on me about I need to change my friends because – Oh, Lord, I've been going through some serious, I want to call it reality checks, but I've been going through some things this past week to where I told him, I said, I'm seeking refuge. I don't even want to come out the house. i just been secluded in the house, don't want to come out, stand away from people. My phone rings, I get mad. I'm just like, <laughs> I need to knock it off because i got to go back to reality because I'm back home this week and i got to get through Thanksgiving. But the thing is, part of it is disappointment. Part of it is disappointment, meaning I didn't realize that I was disappointed in a lot of things that I was disappointed in, and people will disappoint you. They, they, really, they really will. But one of the things in going back to um, it feeling good, I don't always give to feel good. I will just give to because either someone has asked me, can you or will you, or I may see something or that I don't need or want and say, here, take it, or, you know, those are some of the things. There are evidence to suggest that when you help others, it can promote a psychological change in the brain linked with happiness. But, again, people may not always want what you want to give them. Another thing is with giving is it creates a sense of belonging. It gives you a sense of purpose. But this is one thing that I learned is you can help people and they feel not like you. I'm like that with my own family members, where I would be a giver or I would be there and be their rock, and they still did not like me. So I said, well, I'm going to go keep my money in my pocket then. And what like I was kind of buying friendships, but I'm not going to give you and you're going to talk about me anyway. That don't even make no sense. Well, first what of all, you know, my, you know, my my kids would know better than talk about me after I had to give them something because they already know. Because I'll let them know. Well, my dad was the same way. But, you know, I would tell my kids, I'd say, okay, you're going to talk about me? Remember next time I give you something. Then they, they, they instantly know, you know, and they'll instantly apologize. I'm sorry, Dad. I didn't mean it. <laughs> you know, you know. Well, it's, it's but, one but, of those uh, things. You know, just like, just like, like the Bible says, you know, the Lord loves a, a cheerful giver. Okay, you, can, you, you know what a cheerful giver is. That's somebody who likes exactly. to give. They're not giving yes. to to just you know they they they're giving because they like to do it. Okay, and right. because it does it does make you feel good when you give. You know, you know just just from your heart. You know, you hear it, and I don't know. You know, than everybody else. No, but when you hear the I don't I don't know who she thinks she is. She thinks she's better than everybody else. She got this. She got that. Or a person tell you, can I borrow one of your cars? And you'd be like, how do you borrow a car? If you crash it, then what? Well, you got three. 
Well, just because I got three, <laughs> I mean, I tomorrow I loan out one. You know, <laughs> even with me. So I got to the point to where I just be like, mm, let me just stay away. Let me just, uh, you know. And, and now yeah, was cause I, I was, I was, uh, yeah, like, like for like a perfect example. Uh, I know you. I don't know if you uh, follow this. I don't know if you heard the news about uh, Jay Z lately. Mm, no, tell me about it. Because I saw some, but I didn't get a okay. chance. I'm 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 streaming the internet. So what's going on with Jay Z? Okay, this is the thing. Um, he was doing an interview on somebody's show, and he was talking about how he was at some kind of a family gathering or something, right? And one of his family members came to him. Of course, you know, now you know he's worth $2.5 billion now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a lot of money. Okay. So he's at the family gathering, and one of his cousins or somebody, they come to him asking for, um, for an investment in their venture for $4,800. Mm. And he was saying, you know, I promise you, if you give me this $4,800, I'll make you a couple million, you know. Mm. And he's looking at him like, wait a minute, you know. <laughs> now, he said, now, I had already helped him with a restaurant that he wanted to open. I gave him the money and helped him to open his restaurant. And he's, he's struggling with that, okay. <laughs> but now he's going to give, give him another almost $5,000 so he can make me $2 million. Mm-hmm. You know, now I don't care how much money you got. That's gonna make you kind of go like, wait a minute, you know, you know. And um, mm-hmm. so, you know, so of course, a lot of people are looking at it like, well, you know, man, you worth over two billion dollars. That ain't nothing. You know, it's only five thousand. That's nothing for you, you know. So go ahead and get it. That's your family. Go ahead and move, move, move. And so he was like, nah, I ain't feeling that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so. So they was talking about, you know, the cancel culture thing. He said, oh, he, he ain't nothing. He can't give his own family money. And he got all that money, da, 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 da. You know, I'm like, in a way, I can kind of see that, you know, I mean, of course, $5,000 ain't nothing for somebody in his, in his range, right? But, but I can understand money. his principle, too. Correct. Because it's one thing about money. it, once you start giving, once you start giving, you know, uh, uh, they, they, you know, they're going to keep on asking. Mm-hmm. It's not like he just he just saw a need and he gave him something. You know, mm-hmm. he said he didn't mind. He didn't mind. It was just the way he came at him. What he, you know, like, it's like this here. If somebody come to you and you got that kind of money and they say, hey, could you, you know, let me hold forty eight hundred dollars, you know, because I need to take care of some things, you know. And that's one thing. But when he comes I, I, up in like 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 over an angle, like forty eight hundred dollars is gonna make him two million. Correct. Here here we you go. Know, that, you know. I've done that and I got my money back. And mm-hmm. after a while you see that people start thinking that you supposed to. Because you got it. But they don't realize Well that's that's what I'm saying. So I see that's now what I'm and people like Jay-Z, Oprah, I, it's really sad. I had a person tell me one time, Mr. Ed, stay with my daughter and my grandson because of your lifestyle, and you're going to make me have to hurt you. So, therefore, I don't want that around my them. But my mama told me to make sure her siblings are okay, and I will do that no matter what. But this, I offered him a place to come live with me, but nobody there but me. And he would have been there practically all by himself. This sucker said he was homeless and it was my fault. I said, excuse me? <laughs> How is it my fault? You homeless. If I don't pay my mortgage, I'm going to be homeless and it ain't going to be his fault. So how is it my fault? He said, well, people be telling me, your niece got this, your niece got that, your niece, your niece, your niece, and I'm homeless and your niece ain't helping you. I said, did you tell them I offered you to stay in my home? But I didn't want to leave Compton. I didn't want, that ain't my problem. I did all I could do. So sometimes you got to set boundaries with helping other people. 
because they will take it as a sense of entitlement, especially if they feel you have more than them, but you have the same opportunity. Some people just make bad decisions and want to hold other people responsible. And I don't feel, I mean, when I'm seeing people that are homeless on the street, ain't got a problem, done that, let people stay with me. I'm not saying people that are hungry, I'll feed you before I, or take you out to eat before I give you my food and I'm supposed to my food. I'm not saying any of that, and I'm not saying that no one should not give. You should give. But what I'm also saying is you don't want to handicap or enable another person, and they have these expectations because they did not help you get to where you're going. Now, if that nephew or whatever was out selling CDs out the trunk of his car when Jay-Z first started, or if he was saying, hey, Jay-Z, I'll give you a ride, or he rode a ride, Get that you ride or die. But if you wasn't there when I was going through, don't wait till I get to the end and say, "Hey, cuz, remember?" No, we ain't doing all that. We, we, I'll do what I can. Can't make me do nothing else. Um, I see that, George. You said I and that's, and that's, that are, and that's the thing too. Because it's not, it's not like he never did nothing for him. We gotta understand this because he, he made it quite clear. He said, he said he, he wanted to start a restaurant. He gave mm-hmm. him the money to buy that and start the business. Mm-hmm. To, to, to buy the building, you know, got his license. He paid for all that. All he had to do mm-hmm. was run this business. You know, mm-hmm. so it's not like he never did nothing for him, and he never paid I, him back. He just gave it to him. Okay, I get it. They don't expect him to. They like, come, but, no. but he said, he said, he said the part that got him was not the part. He, he didn't come to me and ask me, hey, could you let me have forty eight hundred dollars? He said, if you invest forty eight hundred dollars, I'll get, I'll make you two million. That's what. That's what. That. That's what. Well, that was the negative part. Well, you know, I'm, I'm like this. It, it, in other words, it sounded like BS. <laughs> okay, right, in other words, right? I'm, he he, he would have rather hear them just ask him to give it to him. So it made him feel skeptical. Plus, he knows his, he knows his family. You know, <laughs> so, I will offer yeah. my time and my advice. I'm not doing that with my money no more. I'm not because I've seen it, I've experienced it, and I am at a point in my life to where I want to see what you go do for yourself. If I see you doing it for yourself and you grinding, I got you. But if you ain't grinding and you ain't doing that, don't come and ask, make me grind for you. No, because I don't owe you anything. And life is not going to just give you everything you want. And so it may sound harsh, but you know what? Rock bottom is different for everybody. And that's what some it takes sometimes for individuals to get themselves and get they, change their situation. I've heard it be said that in order to change your your altitude, you got to change your attitude. And don't expect mm-hmm. for other people that have paved the way to just give it to you. I tell individuals, and I always talk about the story about Ms. Sarah Porter, who was a very inspirational woman in my life. She saw in me what I didn't see in myself. And it's crazy because right before I got on the air, I got a phone call. I said, I got to go. I got to go. I got five. I got a couple of minutes before my show. He said, cancel your show. Oh, I'm not canceling my show. And he was like, well, I need to talk to you. And he was a producer. And he wanted to talk to me about a show. And I appreciate that because I always, if a person asks me a question, I will give you an answer to the best of my ability. I'm not going to lie, but I will give you an answer. Now, here I'm talking to him, chit-chatting, because we ain't talked in a while. We're talking about people, and I'm trying to offer him advice or give him information from a, on a producing, and I'm not a producer. But yet, we talking about names, we talking about people, we throwing it out there. And then the first thing he said, but Jeanette, I still need you to host the show. I'm like, okay, I'm thinking, you just asking me, we just talking. You know, so these are things that when people know and you're helping, you never know how far your help can, people just, just there, just listening. So that's a, my benefit that I like is I don't mind sharing what I know. I don't have a problem with that. Another thing is it gives, gives help keep things in perspective. It can be contagious sometimes. And helping others can help you live longer. Have you noticed that older people give away everything? You go there, they're giving you their food. They're giving you their clothes. They're giving you 
they get to the point where they get older and see now they start accusing you of stealing stuff, but people I know that do give a lot of stuff away. And what do you think that's about? Well, I think, you know, well, for one thing, you know, when you, when you get older, you realize, you know, that you have a lot of things that you really don't need as much or, you know, as you did when you were younger, you know. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, not, not that's what you think you're about to quote them out. And it's just that, you know, people realize they don't need the things that they, they needed, you know, that, you know, that, that they needed 20 years ago, you know. Because they realize they don't, you know, these things have been in the closet for years. I ain't wore this stuff. I probably can't wear it. I might have probably gain weight, lost weight, or whatever. And, you know, it's just sitting in there. And, um, you know, somebody else can use this, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and that's, 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 that's the attitude. That's why, that's why a lot of people are compelled to give away a lot more stuff as they get older. Because you, younger people tend to hold on more, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But when they get older, they realize they, they don't even use these things that much no more, you know. Mm-hmm. And they get to a you know, certain I, point to where you just I've always had a lot of friends, and I, they would call me, baby, come over here and get some of this. And, honey, come get the – I don't care if it was fruit, if it's food, if it's whatever. They would always, baby, that was, that was, that was their favorite word, baby, you in town, why don't you come over here and get some of these lemons? Or why don't you come over here? I'll come back home with a bag of lemons or, you know, but I just, I love it. Is it like like, like their own tree? Yes, it would be their tree. It would be their tree. Yeah, that's that's one thing, right? I would be the same way because if I had fruit trees and I know it's just me, you know, and I know I got a whole lot of fruit spawning out, you know, of course I'm going to be offering it to the neighbors or whatever. You know, hey, take some of this stuff with you. You know, I hate to see stuff go to waste. You know, mm-hmm. and same thing about me since I have, you know, because I'm, I'm one of those kind of guys. I used to cook for my family. Right? You know, I did it. I did mm-hmm. it. I grew up around, you know, cookers. <laughs> you know, so I knew mm-hmm. how to cook big meals. And so it took me a long time to learn how to cook just for me. You yeah, know? that is hard. That is hard. It's you a know? challenge. Do you um, smaller? Yeah. That's, and, that's the best ingredient. So I always had, always had leftovers and stuff. I always had extra stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so for a long time until I finally learned how to kind of, you know, tone it down, I, you know, I cooked just like I was cooking for a family, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I always had extra stuff to give to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, uh, and there, so, there's a big difference. You said the key word is extra. It's extra, and you don't mind. Mm-hmm. And you don't want it to go to waste, you know. I, I was thinking exactly. about myself. I had three. Okay, I still got three refrigerators and a deep freezer. Who needs that much storage for food? It don't even make no sense. <laughs> three refrigerators and a deep yeah, freezer. Yeah, I mean, that was different when I when I had my family. Yeah, I had I had two refrigerators. And one time, at one time, I did have the two refrigerators and a deep freezer. You know, mm-hmm. but I told you know, my daughter, kids and stuff, you know, yeah, but that was back I, I told my daughter, I said, you know what? Greens are cheaper out here in Compton. They like 99 cents a bunch. And oh, it's like, it's almost $2 for a bunch of greens. I said, well, I need to go to the store and stock up on some stuff before I go back home. I said, but you don't have no food, no room in your refrigerator. She said, Mom, I left the refrigerator empty when you got here. I already filled her refrigerator up. As soon as I got here, I went to the grocery store. I think the part that she missed was I got to go back to the grocery store. And that's how I saw the prices. So now I got to wait till I, right before I get ready to leave, then go do it. And I don't even know if I'm going to have room when I get home. But, you know, these are just some of the things. And we talk about helping others. And I always like Thanksgiving is coming up. Lord knows I got to have my um, niece's boyfriend and my daughter chop stuff up because I still like to cook. So I'm still going to cook. So. And helping, like I said, there's a difference between offering your help and being what the help is asked of you because some individuals do struggle with that, especially with this being a given season. And you become a glass half full type person, meaning having a positive impact on someone else could help you change your own outlook and your attitude, your mood, and ultimately make you optimistic and positive. And that's why so many individuals are givers. But the one thing about being a giver, Mr. Ed, is you don't want to see people get taken advantage of because we know that there are some importance of helping other individuals because it improves social interactions, distracts people sometimes from their own problems, 
which can also lead to more codependency issues. Let me excuse me after this phone. Ms. Dale, you know I'm on the radio. Oh, what's that? Mm-hmm. It's stop. And today's topic is about helping others. So if you could talk, you need to call it help just helping others, period. You are a helper. And when do you know when your help you is good? What, what, what is the topic? Help. You be having your topic surrounded by too many things, and I'm like, <laughs> The topic is helping others, meaning are you helping, are you hurting, or are you enabling? Are you helping because you're volunteering to help, or did they ask you for help? You know, oh, you know, I'm an enabler. I, you said I'm an enabler. So we need to work on your enabling behaviors because then we get upset, and then when the person comes back to you, then we got the red flags of how do you know you are an enabler, Miss Dale? You already own the show. I want you to know. I'm talking about my kids. You enable your children.
I want them to be independent, self-sufficient, but I don't want to be that type of parent like my mother and my grandmother was, oh, you don't need me, so I might as well die. No, I'm going to live my life, but I want them to have balance. Listen, I was, I'm was. i just speaking for me being a single parent for 36 years, right? Mm-hmm. It's a balance. I think I, I will admit, as far as my son is concerned, my son, because um, I'm disabled, so I need a lot of help. You know what I mean? I can't do, even though I work full-time from home, there's so many things I can't do, and... My daughter mainly do 90% of the stuff. My son, 10%, you know, after I asked him 50 times. But my youngest son has been through some things. So I think it's like, um, you know, he is uh, still the DNA. But do you think you're overcompensating because he's been through some things? Right. Because sometimes when we are single parent and we try to play mother and father, we can overcompensate. And that's where our guilt may kick in. If we don't even realize it's guilt or it becomes codependency because we're trying to make up for something. And I heard T.D. Jake say the other day, what happened to you is not your fault, but it's your responsibility. Meaning- now, see, this is why I don't get on your show because don't, I don't know. You know, I don't do the preacher thing. Got you. This is not a preaching thing. It's a message. So here we go. If Mm -hmm. you enable the person and you overcompensate and you're being that rock, whatever happened to them where they may need the help, when does it get to the point to where now you're able to help yourself? That's what he meant, and I took it by, it's not my fault but it's my responsibility to do something about it so that I don't continue to always need the help of another, even if it's my parent. Because if they transition and move on, what am I supposed to do? Go look for another mother in a relationship, go out there in the street. What am I supposed to do? I never had, I don't, I'm so used to people helping me, I don't know how to help myself. I think it's my upbringing because, I grew up in a house where my uncle lived at home until they were born. My uncle lived at home until he passed away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like with my grandparents. It wasn't like, no, you know, you could stay at home as long as you wanted to. You know what I'm saying? And even then when my grandmother never moved away, it was two houses on a lot. My grandmother and my auntie lived in the front house, and then we lived in the back house, so we was always together, so I think that's, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Yeah. And, and you know what? You know what, Ms. Dale? That can be fine and dandy until I get to the point of who ate my cornbread. <laughs> when you get all the people together at house, and don't, I was watching my house just now. I'm watching one person clean up, walking around with a broom, sweeping, doing this, doing They driving that one person crazy. It's three grown bodies in my house, and I'm only seeing one person cleaning up. And I'm just, and I'm like, they wearing this man out because he's so busy helping. He's doing too much for other people. I'm not there. I'm talking about what I'm looking at. That's how it is when you're here. True, but then here we go. We and and instance we two different we two different people on that point because see me I would have been just you know went berserk oh and see you you're more um calming see you more um you're not confrontational mhm I try my best not to be because I found that. When you okay, this is this is one of the reasons why. And Mr. Ed, you could speak on this one a little bit. When you are be to be confrontational with a person that has nothing to lose, that has that's already feeling hopeless, helpless, and despaired, and already feeling like they're the victim, and you beating them up, seems like you don't get anywhere. And I see Joyce where you said love is blind and unconditional. We say love is blind and unconditional, but 
people don't know really how to love, and our love really do come with conditions. It's the love of Christ, the love of God, the love of Jehovah when they say it's unconditional. But we as human beings, we really place conditions on love. We mm-hmm. may not want to we may not want to. That's, a, that's, a, human, that's, a, that's, that's a, a human characteristic. <laughs> correct. Correct. I know Ms. Dale said that I, I, I do try not to. I do my best to avoid confrontation. I do. Because what happens is people will make you pay for their pain. They mad. They ain't got no, and they want to tear up yours. It's like, what I do to you? This is the thing. I learned. The things I did in my queens and trains, mm-hmm. I'm not doing in my 50s. It's just, it's no way. I'm not, you know, me. I work hard every day. I got my own car. I got my own place. I got my own money. I got my, so for me, I'm not even looking at, I, I'm I'm not even going to date nobody that, None of that. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. the things I used to do, you know, I'm 54. I'm not 24. So the things I did back then, my mind is just on a whole nother level now. And mm-hmm. it's not that I think I'm better than when you do, when you have, when you know somebody and then you might see them 40, 30 years later. And if you're doing the same thing in your life mm-hmm. that you was doing back then, uh-uh, keep on rolling. Yeah, keep on rolling. <laughs> You ain't doing that. You still doing the same thing in your life that you was doing. Ooh, Jill, I see that so much. I am a believer of a 50-50 or, you know, whatever, but if every time we go out, I got to buy your food, give you gas, do No. 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 Mm-mm. We ain't even friends. <laughs> okay, so, no, I need my friends to be able to take care of themselves. Oh, you sound like my, my daughter, but she should be like, hey, Mom, you okay? See, you haven't seen that other part of me. Well, you have. You heard it. You had never really seen it. Because I will do so much until I, now I'm mad. Now you done pissed me off because you done took it for granted. Now you got to, no, no. Now, I, oh, hell no. Leave me alone. No. And see. Yeah, people, I can't. So, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm a giver, me, personally. I am, to a certain extent. But, mm-hmm. um, and I'm a helper. So, mm-hmm. but, um, uh-uh. When it comes to, uh, no. Now, my son, yeah. But, once my son, he know how to hustle, though. He will get his hustle on, and, you know, when he's working, he will, you know, every time he gets paid, he'll drop that money out. But, yeah, I coddled him too much, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a grown man, no, you ain't enough for me. Okay, no. but here we go. Here we go, Dale. Okay. How does it get to that point? You just said, I cuddle my son. If something, God forbid, was to happen to you and your son doesn't have that maturity, he will be that grown man that you just described and still looking for someone to cuddle them. It was your take on that being a man. So they said this parent told him straight up no. As far as um, what are you talking about in, enabling your kids or what? In yeah, helping out because she's she's talking about more of helping your adult children or helping your kids. You know, and being that type of help. Now, we know that as a parent, there's things that we're going to do as a parent. That's our job. That's what we're parents. We don't want our kids to go without. We know that if we live a certain way, we want we should want better for our children, and we want our children to have some things of life that we may have had to keep it going or that we have maybe even dreamed of to keep it going, you know. Because my kids have never experienced a lot of things that I went through as a kid. But like you say, Ed, you thought you was poor growing up. We thought we was rich. I didn't know my mother was ghetto poor. I did not know that. You know, we driving Cadillacs and vans. We got a house. We got this. We got... And I used to always ask my mother, well, why do they get to go to shopping every day or every week? Well, she said they get a check on the first and the 15th. You don't. I got to go to work every day. So she taught us how to be self-sufficient. My mother taught us how to make nothing look good. And and then I did that with my my daughter saw it. My son, you see, go, boy, Dale, 
and see, you cater to him too. You need to take Reggie. But they have different attitudes, different perspectives, different hustles, different, you know, I, I didn't have to help my daughter as much as I helped my son, but my son would be like, I give everything to my daughter, which I don't. I really don't. She'll go out there and do what, like, she'll tell me, you better figure it out. So I tell her the same thing, you better figure it out. And that's what she do. And I see her doing that with my grandson, too, and she gets a bad rap because people think she spoiled him. She No, she don't. She's exposing him to some of the finer things in life, but it ain't like he's just totally spoiled because it's oh, about self-discipline. Shut up. That boy's spoiled. <laughs> Look, don't let, don't ask him. Don't ask him, boy. You ask him, boy. He'll act like he's just an indigent. He just don't nobody don't nobody do nothing for him. Let him tell you. Woo, you can have them both. You know, you like my mother. You partial to them boys. You are partial to them boys.
But that was her way of helping me get through some things. And I'll never forget she said, Jeanette, because you were smart enough to figure it out. I knew you would figure it out. So there's a lot of ways we can help, whether it's giving our time, giving our money, being patient, you know, putting, helping someone in their time of need to get them off the street, uh, helping them with their mental health needs. But not everybody's going to want your help. So even if you are one that enjoy helping other people because you're doing the best you can with the blessings that you've been given, you also got to know when there's a red flag to be like, mm, this person is trying to take advantage. This person does not appreciate my help. You can tell by the shift in the attitude. You can tell. So, okay, so here we go, Dale. With helping others. Don't even try to bake me in. When you have to stop, do you just cut them off? Do you let them know, I can't do this? I, you know, I always use your your uh, your favorite words. Get somebody else to do it. That's my that's my word. Now I'll say I'm gonna tell you like my friend Dale said. Get somebody else to do it. <laughs> Listen, you stop when when you feel a need. You know what I mean. Everybody is different. You know, I see. I live and I learn, and mm-hmm. I just tell myself it's things that I'm not doing in this life no more ever again. So I don't, um, I do not, um, like I said, if you can, okay, me. I'm not talking about my kids when I'm talking about other people. Mm -hmm. Like me, you know, a grown man, right? If I can't get from you what I can give to you, no, keep on going, please, because mm-hmm. we're not the same. You understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You're not compatible. But, you know, we're I... not the same. It's, it's like I don't have no, don't have any, um, I just don't. I don't, you know, I, I I'm, you know, I'm nice. I'm talking to people that I really should just be like, you know, <laughs> I'm, you know, but... You know, the Bible teaches me to be cordial, forgive, all that, and, you know, but I'm not, um, I'm not going to flag down when it first come up, when the first flag on the field is getting addressed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to constantly see flag after flag after flag after flag after flag after flag. No, we ain't, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Well, not one of the that. things is with that too, Jill, is when people are are needy, and people are to the point to where they feel that they're entitled and you supposed to, they have poor boundaries. And sometimes you have to show them, no, I'm not the one. I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to. And they'll try to make you seem like it's all your fault and I could be here. if I, No, that's what I meant by when I said it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility to do something about it. Okay. Mr. Ed, what do you want the listeners to know before we end the show? Because it's not a bad thing to help other people, but some people don't want your help. Some people want you to just leave them alone. Some people you can't help. True. True. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, it's like this. I, I, I can say this. There's nothing wrong with helping, you know, if it's your kids, if it's family member, if it's, you know, some old school chum or sort of just a neighbor or something. If you, like I was saying earlier, if you see a need and, you know, and you're able, you know, then, you know, help out, you know, because it's coming from your heart, you know. But at the same time, if someone comes to you and asks for your help, then that's different, you know. It depends on how they came to you, the circumstances, the situation, you know, who they are, you know, and your situation in relation to it. So it's, it's variables when they ask. Generally, mm-hmm. when, when it just comes from the heart, it's just a decision that you make at that moment, okay, based mm-hmm. on what, what your situation is. But when it comes to you and ask you, it's more variables. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And That's the thing is, this, they go go to where they think they go get it from because they don't want to be told no. I heard a person say before, mm-hmm. That's you. Your crisis, a crisis for you is not a crisis for me. It's not my crisis. It's not my problem. Not that I don't care, but it's not my problem, okay? Ms. Dale, what do you want the audience to know before we end today? Because I know i got a 3 o'clock client i got to see. But what do you want the audience to hear from you about helping others? 
I like that. And the thing is, if you're helping another person and they don't appreciate it, remember that was about you, it's not about them. Don't stop being a helper or a helpmate because someone has tried to burn you or didn't appreciate it because there may be somebody that, that did or did and really need it. And I always say pass it on. If I could give you something or say something to you that you may be able to help somebody else, pass it on. You may not be able to come back to me and say, Jeanette, thank you for what – it don't even matter to me, but change your ways and give back to other people. I've seen people that have come back and said, "You know what? You were there for me, and because you were there, for... you never know how you can. You never know how your presence can make a difference." So I want to thank you for joining me here at Pressure Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for joining, Mr. Ed, Ms. Dale. I'll call you back after my session. Okay. Okay. All right. Talk to you later. It's been. A, it was a pleasure. All right. Bye bye.